0: Hello, Dazzle. Thanks for coming and hanging out with me today. I'm glad that you are here. Today, I want to talk some more regarding the idea of autism being a difference rather than a disorder. I'm going to assume that you have listened to the first part of this, autism difference versus disorder. Once you've listened to that, we can get into what I want to talk about today. I feel that it is important to further expand on the connection between autism being considered a disorder and it also being considered a disability, because this connection is fundamentally important when we consider if we are ready to have the diagnosis of autism removed from the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, or DSM. We need to start by taking a look at history. The first DSM, created in 1952, established that homosexuality was a mental disorder. This decision was based on the premise that the majority of people in society at the time considered being gay to be an abnormal state of being, largely due to Christian-held beliefs. LGBTQ activists were able to get the American Psychiatric Association, or APA, to remove homosexuality from the DSM by first creating a small shift in public opinion, which was largely within the LGBTQ plus community itself. The movement then had to face the APA directly by protesting at their panels and challenging the basis of the diagnosis. All of these efforts resulted in the APA removing homosexuality from the DSM in 1973. Why is the history of homosexuality relevant to the topic at hand? This is the only movement in history that has any parallel to what the neurodivergent movement is currently attempting to do with their declaration that autism is not a disorder, but rather a variation of normal. Thus, the history of how homosexuality was removed from the DSM and the after effects can be used as a guide for those currently fighting to affect change for those with the autism diagnosis. It is important to learn from history so that we can better shape our future. There are two important things that this history tells us. The first is that the LGBTQ plus activists had to challenge the APA directly and that having homosexuality removed from the DSM did not remove the stigma nor discrimination from society. This means that it would be to the neurodivergent community's benefit to convert society to their cause before making their challenge against the DSM. If society were more in agreement with the movement, there would be less discrimination left for the autistic individuals to face after the diagnosis was removed from the DSM. Looking at the history of the LGBTQ plus movement, we can see that there was much work that had to be done after the diagnosis of homosexuality was removed from the DSM. The first thing that they had to do was establish laws that protected them from discrimination. The neurodivergent movement should expect that they will also need these types of anti-discrimination laws in place to protect them. However, it would be a benefit to have those laws in place prior to losing the protections currently afforded them by the laws. There are many differences between what the NeuroDivergent movement is facing and what the LGBT activists faced 50 years ago. The first primary difference being that the medical terminology and diagnostic criteria standards were not well established in the 1970s, nor were they as founded upon science. This means that facing the APA to challenge the diagnosis within the DSM will be one that requires both social and scientific support. It will currently be difficult to demonstrate that having autism doesn't create distress, dysfunction, or danger. However, if the movement can change society's opinion and get society to view them as a variation of normal, then it is possible to change this data over time. The other important difference between the LGBTQ plus movement 50 years ago and the neurodivergent movement now is the legal landscape. In 1973, Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act made it illegal to discriminate against those with disability. Then, in 1990, the American Disability Act was signed into law, which furthered the protections and the benefits that were given to those with a disability. It is important to understand that every disability given protections and benefits under the American Disability Act has a corresponding medical diagnosis. Without a medical diagnosis, a person cannot qualify as having a disability. Currently, as things stand right now, having autism allows a person to claim disability status under Section 12 Mental Disorders. More specifically, it is listed as section 12.10, Autism Spectrum Disorder. Looking at the criteria listed within this section, it is clear that a medical diagnosis of the disorder is required. An assessment of how the disorder impacts the individual must be completed by a healthcare professional, and dysfunction must be demonstrated within the medical documentation. Great. So what does any of that mean? What this means is that if the diagnosis of autism is removed from the DSM, those individuals with autism will no longer have a diagnosis that qualifies us as being people with disabilities. This means that we will no longer be protected from discrimination nor qualify for benefits because we will no longer be considered disabled people. People who are considered a variation of normal cannot claim disability because they are normal and thus do not need assistance nor protections. I urge those within the neurodivergent movement who are seeking to remove the label of disorder to bide their time. Because if we ask ourselves if we are ready for that label to be removed, along with all the support and benefits it affords us, we must see that society is not yet ready to treat us as normal. And until society is able to treat us as normal, we will continue to struggle. Because the truth is that removing a label does not remove the discrimination nor the barriers that society has created for us. Let us learn that lesson from the LGBTQ plus movement that 50 years ago removed their label of disorder and continue to fight against discrimination today. As someone who works to ensure that individuals can function well within their communities, I continue to use the word disorder to describe my autism. I do this as a medical professional to uphold the medical authority that provides the foundation for the legal protections and benefits that are afforded to us through the disability laws. While I understand that there are many out there that believe that the term disorder is offensive to those with autism, I urge you to consider the larger picture. The legal and social implications of the removal of this label from the medical arena are profound. We are not yet ready to accommodate those who are supported by the disability benefits, and we are not yet able to protect those who are currently shielded by the disability umbrella. While this is not a perfect shield, it is the only one that we have. Well, that's about it for my rambling today. Thanks for coming and spending some time with me. If you like what you have listened to today, consider supporting the podcast. It really does help. And until we talk again, you guys be sure to take care of yourselves. Bye!